From the Atonement Fargo Studios on South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota, this is That Podcast. Hey, to contact the crew, submit your questions or comments, visit thatpodcast.net. Now, here's your host with That Podcast. Well. I need to redo that one. <laughs> That'll be, that can be next week's project. All right. Yeah, the, the one take thing doesn't go well all the time. That, that was a one take for both of us, I think. Yeah, and I, at least for me, that wasn't... Uh, I, I need to read through it a couple more times and either like like totally buy into it yeah. or totally go monotone. <laughs> I kind of want to try both. Yeah, I mean, we, we have the button options. We only really need two of them that are on here, so... That's true, because... Not even one. Because you have your little... Uh, your little noisemaker. That's right. Mm-hmm. We don't need the ones that are that come in the equipment. Well, and is there harp music? Could there be like harp music I'm playing sure and I can read is. through? Hey. I can't remember what. To contact us. If you would like to contact that podcast and you haven't yet fallen asleep. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to that podcast. I'm Ryan Janke. We have Pastor DJ Lur and Sarah DeYoung. And we're just hanging out today. Yeah. In the sun. Enjoying the sun. In the sun. We were talking before we came on that we sort of feel like our podcast equipment is like the Israelites. (laughs) We're wandering in the desert. Wandering. We're in a different room again today. We'll we'll find the room we want to be in. (laughs) No, we'll go back to our rightful home. Sooner or later. Sooner or later, yeah. (laughs) Once we quit getting kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) We just have to bolt this thing to the floor. (laughs) Yep. Can you move? No. <laughs> Actually, we can't move. We're bolted to the floor. <laughs> Hardwired in. Oh, how's the week? In protest, we're doing mm-hmm. a podcast sit-in <laughs> in this one room. We're not leaving. Before we do that, though, we do. We should do one from the roof. I'm, s- I'm still thinking that. Until there is an easier way that is not so many straight, just rung ladders to the roof i think i'm busy that week (laughs) i just picture this in in our conversation the rest of the time you're just hearing (laughs) yeah there's a weird weird buzzing in here this might be like a hearing test ryan says he can't hear it i can hear it i just can't hear it through the the headset so i don't think it's i don't mean if we did this on the roof that's Mm. all you would hear is the yeah because it gets rather windy up here yeah well we don't have to do it during a blizzard or anything (laughs) we could find the one day every 15 years that it's not windy. Oh, there you go. Oh, come on. It hasn't been it hasn't been terribly bad. There's a lot of there's a lot of levels up there. We could just find where our windbreak is and go from there. That's what I do at home with my grill. You put your grill on the roof? No, not on the roof. Oh. It's on the deck though. Oh. But so if the wind's out of the north, I'm you know, there's you, no grilling you, that night. You adjust accordingly. Yeah. I have this weird thing in the front of my house where uh, where our porch is, um, the the garage juts out a bit, so there's a mm-hmm. corner, and it's like there's a vortex that hits there. Oh yeah, that happens and at my parents' house because their front door it's like almost like a little mini alley between the front of the house, like the front guest bedroom and the garage, and like if it gets windy enough, and there's like it becomes where leaves are, and it's like a well, tornado. It does right what? There, right in that corner, there's like a there's like a garden bed spot, right? Yeah. It's not it's not concreted over so i keep putting black sod on it and it is an exercise in futility because this little vortex <laughs> yeah, kicks in dirt mm-hmm. devil going oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And then i got to get out the you know the leaf 
blower and blow it all back. That's a that's a daily occurrence, every day. Yeah, just blacktop it. And there you go. Yep, that's a great idea. Put some blacktop down. If I could blacktop my whole backyard, I would. I'd just blacktop the whole thing. And why can't you? I what, th- why I th- would you? What is stopping you? I think city ordinance. I don't think I can. I oh, think really? you can only have so much concrete oh. percentage, I, you know? The Holy Spirit speaks to me directly through one person in my house, <laughs> and that's my wife. And if I said, let's blacktop the backyard, she'd say, you're in the wrong house. You need to leave. <laughs> just doesn't work that yeah. way. What would you do without grass? You have a dog. What? Well, that's, that's true. What are you going to do? Like you, you maybe I'll walk. leave one little patch of grass back there. <laughs> it's what they do in Arizona. There's, you know, having grass is a luxury. I had a friend who moved from here to Arizona, and when he bought his house, he purposely said, I want to have just one little, like, uh, three-foot by five-foot swath of grass in the front of his yard, and he mm-hmm. has a lawnmower <laughs> oh. go and mow and just, <laughs> all right, done for the day. Ah, that was satisfying. <laughs> That's one of those situations you should just have a riding lawnmower purely for the comedic effect. Absolutely. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> See you again next week. <laughs> but everything else is basically just like sand and rock. and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's where it'd be great. You would never have to mow your lawn and never have to shovel your driveway. No, yeah, you never would. Yeah. Unless the apocalypse was happening and... Then you'd, you'd, you'd I don't think you'd be worried about shoveling your driveway. No, it wouldn't be a concern anymore at that point. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd when, leave when it. When the four horsemen are coming down the street. Because yeah. there's plenty of times I don't shovel my driveway now. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're driving over it. It'll melt. <laughs> well, the world's coming to an end. What's the point? <laughs> yep. There would be there would be people that would be like, hey, no, I'm, you know, I mean. When Jesus comes back, I want to have a nice, clean <laughs> yep. driveway. <laughs> I don't want to think I haven't been taking care of the place. <laughs> uh, that went out of control quick. Of course. Of course it did. It's been a long week. Oh, well, we have some questions this week if we want to talk, talk questions. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Let Let's me see if it. I can get this to. Let's see, you said questions, right? Yep, multiple. Uh, <laughs> no, that that's probably, a, that's that probably wasn't laugh, appropriate. That's yeah. a laugh track. It's kind of kind of scary. Ooh. Oh. Hmm. Oh, okay. Now, now I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let me set that down before I get myself in trouble. Uh, you're gonna need a little a little cheat sheet. <laughs> yep. I think. This, Put this? it on the back. Here, of we'll it. try this one. Questions. There you go. That's there the only go. one I can use. That's that's. I don't know. That second one was pretty good. The second one? Yeah. Questions? One. It was kind of like a Scooby-Doo noise. Huh. No. No, that's if you get the answer wrong. Ah. Questions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So the first question comes from Dave J., Dave J is uh, been listening for quite some time, and he has a question that I bet you he goes by DJ. No, and it's not me. No, I don't think he does. Well, he, he should. He should. Well, he could Dave J? Uh, let us know if you go by DJ, but I don't think he does. Otherwise, I think it would say DJ. Kind of like HBK, HB, or, the Heartbreak or, or, Kid, or Triple H. He could go by DJ. Mm. Let's see, 
Sarah has no idea. HBK? Don't know the reference? I was born in 1995. Well, he... he oh, re- he's iconic. He's yeah, <laughs> he wrestled well past then. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. You know, when you say Heartbreak Kid, you know, my first thought is... No. Uh, JTT. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Thomas? Yep. But that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> he's the heart... Why? I'm ashamed I that I knew that, actually. I'm I'm ashamed that he's I like knew that. He's the, like the late 90s... Little bit of early two thousands, like he was a home improvement. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he 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 was like, the Lion King in the original yeah. Lion King. Yeah, I know I know Jonathan Taylor Thomas personally. No, oh, uh, not not professionally or anything <laughs> like that. I've seen his movies. He was Huck Finn. Really? Yeah, he was Huck or or Tom Sawyer. One of those two. They're the same. They're interchangeable. Yeah, aren't they? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of those Mark Twain <laughs> characters. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back to Dave J. <laughs> What's the question? I think I, I think I'm just like stalling because this question may, might be really hard. Well, I I've had three cups of coffee, which is <laughs> cut not him m- off more more than normal. So you gonna so, get the shake soon, like the caffeine jitters. So, so that reminds me of a story. We're gonna go get some White Castle after this. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> that reminds me of a story, actually, and then we'll get to Dave's question. The 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 uh, the coffee thing. So when Tabitha and I were when we were courting, she she had Mountain Dew. We talked about this before, right? Mm-hmm. I gave away her Mountain Dew on on Halloween. Yep. And uh, so I mean, here's the truth, and 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 I'm not. This is don't read any more into this than what I'm saying. Okay. But she will open up a Mountain Dew and take a sip. And then that's the that's it for that can of Mountain Dew, right? And so when we were first dating, I would always see her with a can of Mountain Dew. And so in my mind, you know, she's drinking all this Mountain Dew. So one day I come home and I said, man, I had like three 20-ounce bottles of, of Mountain Dew today. I know that's nothing for you, but for me it's quite a bit. <laughs> That did not go well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what yeah. a conversation that the, must have led yeah, into. Yeah, the, the, the coffee, uh, the three cups of coffee reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in my 20s and, and like three 20 ounces of Mountain Dew was nothing. Oh, it was nothing, no. Uh, now if I if I have one 20 ounce Mountain Dew, I gain about three pounds and have to go on a fast. Yeah, have the shakes for a day and a <laughs> uh-huh. half. Yep, can't uh-huh. sleep. Everything's <laughs> messed up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so that didn't go over well. Um, but that was shortly after that when I realized that, oh, she just opens one for a quick sip. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's, that's fine. all she needs. Yep. Yep. So anyway, back to Dave J. <laughs> What's the question? The question is, and I had never considered this, but the question is, were people and animals carnivorous before the fall? Good question. What do you guys think? Well, like I said, I had never considered well, it before, so... This question made me think of, I remember, I always wondered this. What what did they eat? Just like in general, in Genesis. Like what, what is the dietary, typical breakfast, lunch, dinner of Adam and Eve? Mm, wasn't it Pop-Tarts and... Well, that, that was my thought because I was like, well, they... Like tacos didn't exist... So you guys know who Steve Jobs is, right? Yep. yep. Do um, I watched this movie that had that was about him, that had uh, Ashton Kutcher in it playing Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in there, 
it has Steve Jobs on a specialized diet called um, he was a fruititarian. A fruititarian. Yes, and hmm. I, I was like, that's really interesting. I'd never heard of that before, so I, I looked into it, and it's people that hold to the idea that in the Garden of Eden. They could eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden. And so the very first diet, the the godly diet, was fruits. Mm, just fruit. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that did to Steve Jobs' health, just eating fruit, maybe, you know. But in, in there, they have him. At least they didn't have to eat kale. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think kale came around after the fall. <laughs> Or it tasted like cotton candy before the fall. Maybe that's <laughs> that's the difference. Or broccoli, the deadliest of vegetables, uh, you know, was actually tasty. But um, so if you if you look at just the biblical narrative, the Garden of Eden, uh, they ate from the fruit of the trees that were in the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. That one God said, do not eat from this. So okay. that's that's what they ate. Now, when you go into uh, the narrative after the fall, even after the fall, Scripture does not assert that God's chosen people, the line of Adam and Eve, the, the, um, the Eden line, up until the flood are allowed to eat meat. Hmm. Now, other people may have eaten meat, but God does not allow it for his chosen people, those who know the Lord based on the promises that God made to Adam and Eve uh, and carrying on through that family line to the time of Noah. It's only after the flood, and I was going to find it to show um, what it is that it says. But there was no eating meat in the Garden of Eden um, at the beginning. Hmm. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, no on the flood, no on the flood. The flood subsides. God's covenant with Noah. I, yeah, like I said, I I had never considered this question before, but uh, now I did a a search on the Google, and there's quite a bit on it actually. That's interesting. Hmm. So, chapter nine, verse two, it says. Uh, 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 be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So God reasserts the promise and the, the command that he gave to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, he then now reasserts that to Noah and the family after the flood. So the judgment has come, and God is now restoring his creation. But then he adds, The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. That's where it changes. And that was in which chapter? This is in chapter 9 of Genesis. Okay. And as I gave you the green plants, basically, as formerly I gave you all the green plants to eat. Hmm. It says, I give you everything. But even here, God says, you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood. Okay. So. Yeah. Hmm. uh, There's no mentioning of eating meat prior to that. Um, Although I think in in the descendant lines, you have mentioning, uh, mentioning of, of great hunters. 
So, <laughs> but nowhere does God say you can do this. Between the uh, line of Adam and, and Noah, I think somewhere in there it talks about either great warriors or, or mm-hmm. men of, of, of battle. But the sins of the world that leads to the flood would include the taking of not just human life, but I'm, I'm assuming animal life. Mm. Because God has not given that permission to be allowed for his creation at that point. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. where's this idea that um, the animals did not eat other animals? That actually comes from um, a, a uh, figurative vision, I think, in Isaiah, where it talks about in the new creation, the lion will lay down with the lamb and, mm-hmm. and we'll be right next to each other and there won't be violence. Um, that has to do more with an image of, of death and destruction and uh, strife being removed from the world when the new creation comes, uh, when the new heaven and the new earth enters in. Mm-hmm. But there's not really an assumption that... Um, the animals wouldn't do what the animals do prior to the fall, Mm -hmm. except in the garden of Eden. In the garden of Eden is where God says you can eat the fruit of the trees in this garden. And it's connected to Adam and Eve in that location. But outside of the garden, we don't know if the natural processes as we know them of predator and prey was allowed to go on. I made I made a speculative assumption when we talked about, you know, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago about who were the first people and how do we mm-hmm. understand that, that scripture gives room to allow for a much longer time period of, of six literal 24-hour days for the creation to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible does not allow the idea that God is not the one who did the creating, but it's it's the issue of time right. That's that always gets people tripped up. If God allowed for what we would consider the natural process cycle of life and death and decay and so on, um, you can make the argument that, yeah, animals were allowed to kill and eat. Mm-hmm. And even um, humans could have been around before Adam and Eve. Right. And that those humans would have gar- engaged in the same type of, of behavior that included eating meat and so on. Mm-hmm. What you cannot do, though, is then to say that, well, what about Adam and Eve? Because if you're going to assume that chapter 1 is not the same event as chapter 2 of Genesis... You then have to assume that God has, in his hiddenness, by speaking a word, created everything that we know and see. Mm-hmm. And that death is is available as, an, as a natural mechanism. And then God chooses to reveal himself in, an, in a relationship where he, he, with his own hands, creates Adam and Eve and plants this perfect garden, which is paradise, called Eden. And it's to Adam and Eve that God judges the entire world because he takes the best of his creation and is in relationship with it. And the judgment is, will this creation be faithful to me? And God even gives a test, which is the tree of the knowledge, um, uh, the, the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. 
okay? Or the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the, the place where God shows his relationship to his creation. I am God. You are my creation. And there's this assumption that if the creation is faithful, then I will be faithful to the creation and Adam and Eve would be removed from the cycle of, of death and life and would live forever in God's presence. That's what's said when they, when they sin. God says no, they no longer can be in our presence. God right at the beginning is triune. Um, because if they eat of the tree of the, of the knowledge of life, they will always be in rejection of us. Okay? Are mm-hmm. you following me? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this doesn't presuppose, this doesn't make it out that it's just Adam and Eve. It's, it's the argument that Adam and Eve are the best of creation through which God judges the entire world because he's revealed himself to Adam and Eve. Um, Adam and Eve enter into the fall, and therefore death becomes the consequence of, of sin that separates you from God, which is kind of a, if you think about it reasonably, is a no-brainer. If God is the source of life, if you're separated from God, what is the natural consequence of your existence? Death. Mm-hmm. Um, because death is not anything by itself. Death is the absence of life. Right. It's kind of like darkness is not something in itself. Darkness is the absence of light. Mm-hmm. So if there is no life to combat death, then death becomes the de facto setting. And here God makes the judgment that rather than death being swallowed up by life at the beginning, life will be swallowed up by death. This It's not a new thing. It's a thing that's been occurring. But what God has now designated is that because of the consequence of Adam and Eve's sin, the consequence of sin or being in relationship with God is death. And the rest of the world is not in relationship with God and so has already been in the consequence mm. of death. Right. Right? Yep. This then begins the entire messianic um, redemption story of God's revelation that we read in Holy Scripture, the Old Testament, and culminating in the New Testament, where God chooses to redeem not just the chosen line, but all of his creation on account of Jesus Christ. And the Old Testament has this line of, of Adam and Eve that leads to Noah, which everyone in the world today is descended from. That's the other thing too, is even if there were people before Adam and Eve and they did not know God, because of the flood, because of the judgment, everyone is now in this line that comes through Noah and their family. And so no one has an excuse <laughs> as to say, well, I'm not part of that family line, even if it happened thousands of years ago. And and that's kind of the story of, of God restoring his rebellious creation to himself on account of Jesus Christ, who brings everybody back together. Mm-hmm. Okay. I say that in order to make the point that outside of Eden, we don't know if animals ate other animals. What was going on? Or if people were hunting animals. Um, if you think that well, that's impossible because Adam and Eve were the first people. That's completely valid. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. What I'm just saying is if you speculate with this and you allow Scripture to be what it is, it allows for wiggle room for um, you know, scientific inquiry about evolution 
to walk hand in hand with what Scripture is saying. What you cannot lose is that Adam and Eve were historical people, mm-hmm. that the flood was an historic event, and that everything going forward from there is in line because the New Testament speaks about you know, Adam being the one through whom sin enters the world and, and, and because of sin, death, mm-hmm. and the new person, Jesus, who brings life. Right. Right. All of that to balance in, those two people have to be, uh, Adam has to be, Adam and Eve have to be historic peoples, and the the Garden of Eden had to be an historic event, mm-hmm. and so did the flood. Um, outside of that, Scripture allows wiggle room for the six days to be six ages of creation, and right. that, at least in my mind, reconciles you know, evolutionary theory that says, no, it took billions of years Uh for this to happen. And a biblical uh, narrative of six, six seasons or six days. Mm -hmm. And if you read Genesis one, it is figurative language. It's not meant to be literal. Yeah. It really, in the Hebrew, it isn't, it it really has this poetic feel to it. This, Mm -hmm. this cadence, a, a poetic metric. So, did that answer the question or did I dodge it completely? I'm sure we'll hear from Dave J. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, just to hear if he goes by DJ. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Or forever uh, going forward, he's going to go by. <laughs> All right, Dave, there you go. There's your, there's your answer. Let us know. Let us know if that was satisfactory. DJ wants to know. DJ wants to hear from another DJ. Absolutely. Whether, whether that was satisfactory. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, you got something on your mind, Sarah. I, I, I have our next it. questions. All right. Um, well, so these are from the Young Adult Life Group, and I feel like I just need to put a plug that if you're not in a life group, mm. Atoma.live, you can get plugged into a life group. and it's so yeah. cool. Good things. It's so life, cool. life groups are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, really fun. Yeah. So we, Well, and you know what? The funny thing is, is that until you take that leap and actually go into a life group, you don't know what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you'd never go back. <laughs> Exactly. You know, once you once you're in a life group, it's like, why would I not continue to do this? This is great. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. So take the leap, folks. So yes, and get signed up. You can spring is coming and perfect time to get involved. Yeah. That's right. Um, but so we are we just actually watched the the Bible talk from the Alpha series that we're in. How does God guide us? That one? We're a couple weeks behind. Okay, which one did you do? <laughs> uh, why read the Bible? Yeah. Yes. How and why should I read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Mm. So the first question is, we describe the Bible as a love letter from God to his people. So what's the deal with genocide and the other bad things that happen in the Old Testament? Yeah. So um, t- two things I would speak about that. So when talking about genocide, what do you mean is always a good starting question. Um, cause examples are helpful. Uh, just like anything, people make assumptions about the Bible rather than digging into what the word is actually conveying and come to conclusions that may not be faithful to what the Bible is trying to com- communicate. That, that reminds me of, of something. And I don't know if I've said it here before, but, um, I was talking to, to my group and, uh, I sort of said this, like, uh, how many of you have read the first Harry Potter book? Okay, how many of you who have read that have seen the first Harry Potter movie? Mm-hmm. Was the movie different from the book? 
Mm-hmm. It was. Why? Well, because someone who didn't write the book is telling you what was in the book. Right. Well, and so, so I guess uh, I, I need a little bit more information about what is meant by genocide. Was there a specific um, scripture or story in the Old Testament that made everyone assume that genocide is happening? It was from Zach, so okay, uh, you'll have to ask uh, him directly. But uh, yes, we. Well, I mean, the I, best uh, so example I, of genocide is the flood. I mean, well, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm not. Uh, I haven't talked to Zach about this. I have no idea. But you know, I would think you know when you go into the land of Canaan, yeah. you'll you'll wipe it out. That's another great example. So let's 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 go to either one of those. Okay, so if you read the build up to. Joshua, the book of Joshua, God speaks to the people and says, um, at the appointed time, I will use you, Israel, as my judgment upon Canaan mm-hmm. and upon the people there. And he names the different groups because there's a, there's a bunch of them, different tribes, basically. And it's, there was a lot of debauchery going on. They were debauched, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, but um, what I mean is, is that God says... The stench of their sins has not reached its completion yet. In other words, even in genocide, the assumption is being made that God is the one who's ultimately in control and limits evil according to God's judgment. And God will use not just supernatural means or natural disasters to bring about judgment on a people. He will overthrow nations with other nations. Mm Mm-hmm in order to carry out his will. But even then, it makes the argument, God God is making the argument here, or scripture is making the argument, that God is slow to anger Mm -hmm. and abounding in steadfast love. And so why is the land given back to the Israelites, notice I said it's given back to them because it was originally promised to their ancestor mm-hmm. like 350 years, no, yeah, 350 years earlier. That's older than the United States, first mm-hmm. of all. But <laughs> it was originally given to Abraham and it was to uh, Jacob and his 12 sons that the nation of Israel became a nation in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And in that time... Um, as things are happening on a on a on a on a world level, God enters back into and and reveals Himself to deliver the Israelites and to keep His promises that He made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for this people, and He sets Israel apart to be His holy people as a witness to the world of the Lord. Okay, um, and so the judgment may seem like genocide from our eyes. But if God is the only one who can truly judge, then from God's perspective, he has every right mm-hmm. to bring about an end to the evil that was happening in Canaan. Mm-hmm. The child sacrifice. The things that we hear about because the Israelites fail to actually carry out, for lack of a better term, um, jihad. Mm-hmm. Which jihad really means that God's going to fight for you. Mm-hmm. 
And um, that's not a that's not just an Islamic term. That's that's how it's understood in the Bible. That when nations would go to war with each other, it wouldn't just be the nations that are warring. It's their gods fighting for them or against them. Mm-hmm. And the problems that you see in Israel after um, the time of, of of Joshua and into the Book of Judges and then into the Kingdom, which is around 1000 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, is a failure to follow through on God's judgment mm-hmm. on the other people in the land of Canaan. Yeah. And so they end up becoming a an influence that leads the Israelites to turn away from God just like everybody else yeah. and to go their own way and to, and, and to enter into behavior and sin that, that God... Uh, laments over and and hates yeah if now if i understand such as child sacrifice and and you know violations of the ten commandments yeah if if i understand it right it was if you need to wipe them out because if you don't they're going to pollute you Mm -hmm. and you'll wind up doing the things the idolatry the the you know the Baal worship the yeah child sacrifice i mean yeah and what's interesting is that it's not it's not an ethnic thing it's a faith thing. Um, it's not because they are Canaanites. It's not because they are the Girgashites or the Hivites or <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever the different tribes are. It's because they don't believe in me the way that you are called to believe in me. Because if, if they, it, it, the thing about Israel is that if you convert to the belief of Israel, then you're in the covenant relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But God has preordained and said, my judgment is coming on these people because they don't believe in me. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't, he, he's like, Israel, you have my word. All the rest of creation has had nat- nature to mm-hmm. show them who I am. Right. And as God, I am justified to bring judgment upon sin and evil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how, 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 the reverse is like, why does God allow bad stuff to happen? Mm-hmm. So on one side, why does God allow genocide to happen? Mm-hmm. Why does God allow bad stuff to happen? In both of those cases, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you to be God. Mm-hmm. But that's the arguments that we make when we see the bad stuff in the world. Not realizing that God is the one who is working to bring about um, the good stuff in our life. Mm-hmm. And yet God is a long-suffering and merciful God and wants all sinners to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So at the flood and at these smaller points that mm-hmm. look like genocide, God is carrying out divine judgment as God sees fit. And all we can say, and this is really what it should do, is it should bring awe to the reader to say, God is God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm no better or worse than the people before the flood mm-hmm. or the people that uh, were enemies in ancient Israel. Because mm-hmm. um, all of it is, is, a, is a witness and revelation of who God is and how God is acting mm-hmm. and how God uses imperfect people for his, his means and his ends in order to bring about his plan of redeeming his creation mm-hmm. through his son. Um, so you look at those things and it should make you go, God is God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And notice something else, and we talked about this a little bit last time. I think we talked about this. Um, 
I had said that outside of Jesus, there's no difference in our eyes between God and the devil. It's because we only see God in his wrath outside of Jesus. Mm, he's yeah. hidden, he's mysterious, yep. and he's wrathful. Now, in, now, Jesus shows up in the Old Testament as well, but he shows up in, in his word mm-hmm. as a promise. And it's faith in that word that justifies those in the Old Testament. And it's a word that's pointing to Jesus in, coming in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So Abraham is promised the seed that will come, and it's faith in that promise that God deems Abraham righteous. Well, who is the seed that's promised there? It's Jesus. It's mm-hmm. not Isaac. Yeah. It's not Jacob. It's not any it's not the Israelite nation. It, it it's it's not the Hebrews. It's Jesus. Yeah. And um and so the what what the the righteous in the Old Testament have going for them is not that they were so good or so bad, but they had faith in a promise that God gave and they believed in the pre-incarnate Christ. Mm-hmm. We after the fact, believe in in the incarnate, uh, crucified, and risen Christ. It's the same promise that rests in the same person Mm -hmm. uh, who brings about salvation and new life. Yeah. So bottom line is, God is God and we're not. And what we would call genocide, from God's perspective, is God's divine judgment on evil. Yeah. I think in terms of it being a love letter, uh, a lot of it is God trying to get the hell out of it. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Literally. Get, you know, uh, trying to... Get the know. hell out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, here's where people goof up, is they look at modern events and then try to interpret God's hidden will in modern events. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, you'll have preachers back in 9-11 who will say, well, this is divine judgment on our country. Mm-hmm. Okay, unless the Lord spoke that word to you directly, uh, shut your cake hole because <laughs> you don't know. And now uh-huh. you're putting you're putting God to the test by saying what God is doing in his hiddenness, you can interpret and reveal publicly and you mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. So that's the danger. But when it's, when it's in scripture, there you can look at it and say that historic event, scripture reveals that that event that happened... Um, in Canaan was God's judgment on the land. Mm-hmm. Okay. God did did it because he loves us and wants Well, to. and later on he does it to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the prophets give that word. Right. Now, people who are like, well, 9-11 was a judgment on earth. Um, if it was, we would have heard about it before it <laughs> happened. Yeah. Like, you would have been screaming from the rooftops before it happened because God put a word in your mouth because yeah. God always ha- uses his judgment to lead to repentance mm-hmm. prior to the judgment happening mm-hmm. and can even take away his hand of judgment. Right. It's, it's the, it's the, the Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacks that <laughs> try to put in the, you know, God's actions into, into things that they see after the fact It just, it just bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Did that answer it? Y- well, yes. And then it also sort of answers See, I don't just hit one. I hit yeah. the ones that are coming. Well, yep. So that first question morphed into, can we kind of look at the Old Testament as being God's love language for the New Testament because of these events, because of this history? This is why I love the way I love. This is why I sent Jesus. Yes. Okay. It's important to understand that the main 
the subject throughout the Old Testament is God. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and, and people make the mistake of, of, tr- of taking as examples the, the imperfect people that God is in, interacting with. And it's really out of God's character and God's mercy that anything is able to move forward in the Old Testament. Because they're all, I mean, you know, you can look at any of the historic figures and, you know, Abraham was unfaithful. Mm-hmm. Sarah didn't trust God. Um, you know, Jacob was a liar and a thief. Mm-hmm. Noah was a drunk. Yeah. You know, you can go down the list, you know. David uh, was an adulterer. And, 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 and a, you know. A, a murderer. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can go down the list, and they're all imperfect, broken people, mm-hmm. and yet God is faithful to God's promise for His, excuse me, for His creation. That leads to Jesus, mm-hmm. and even in the New Testament. I mean, Peter was a blowhard. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, you can go with all, all uh, Judas ends up betraying Jesus. Mm-hmm. Simon was a zealot. Yeah. Um, you can, you can find foibles in everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, John was passive aggressive. I mean, you, what, <laughs> go down the list. You have Paul. Uh, Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. <laughs> you know, sinners, all of them. Mm-hmm. And yet God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the key point. That's why it's a love letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's God saying, I love you. When that hits home, it it's not that we have to change; it's that we do change. It's it's spontaneous and it's positive. It's not a have to; it becomes a want to. Mm-hmm. When you know that God loves you, it changes you. Does it make you perfect? No, right. You still got to battle that you know that sinful flesh your entire life, but suddenly there's hope, mm-hmm. and. Um, grace and forgiveness and new life. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you find yourself loving people that are jerks. <laughs> 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 and you're in, and you're in good company, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Was that, was that all of them? Yeah. Well, now I have the question of, so does that make Noah the first drunken sailor? Oh, oh. very good. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> that, w- that was a good joke. Well, that's, that's good stuff. Depends yeah. on what your definition of good is. Is that that'd be a dad joke? No, because I'm not a dad. Well, I know that. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> what was that one? Uh, that's, a, that's a shotgun. oh that's good 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 cool well that was uh you got lively discussion in your life group yeah you do that's the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that you can get into in a life group those and not included in that is all of the random rabbit trails we go down of talking about like i think the other week we started talking about um oh my gosh the uh bad lip reading oh yeah so we took a little like five minute pause to watch the twilight bad lip reading video because that's just <laughs> hilarious and <laughs> i haven't seen that one. Oh, it's great i did see the the one on the uh the first presidential debate between donald trump and joe biden that one was good that was funny the bad lip reading people are they're on top of their yeah. game oh yeah they are 
Yeah. I got to check this out. I've never I've heard You've never seen stuff. the bad lip reading? Oh, they do a bunch with the NFL. Those are always fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So do they just dub over their... Yeah, so it's like the video and then... Like in the Twilight one, there's this one part where they're in the woods and like Belle is just about to find out, like know for surely that Edward is a vampire and... Oh, they, spoiler alert. Oh, Don't spoil it for me. They go over it where they're <laughs> yeah, talking. You were going to watch it. <laughs> Right, go ahead. I'm sorry. If, Haters. If, if we're, uh, there's going to be, if we've got, uh, you know, 11-year-old uh, girl audience out there, we're we're going to be in trouble now for that spoiler <laughs> that you just threw down. They've seen it. <laughs> if you're a Twilight fan, you've seen it. So okay. they're out in the woods, and, and she's about and to find like out. And it's like this really, like, <gasps> movie in the movie, and in the bad lip reading, it's like, you punched a fish. <laughs> You slapped it. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, they it, 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 they do it where um, you know it looks like it looks like the person is saying mm-hmm. whatever it is that they dub over the yep. top mm-hmm. of it, and mm-hmm. it's usually pretty good. Yep, it's top notch. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's got to take a while. What is it? What does our um, our senior pastor like to say? It's um, he likes to say a lot of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of God some, alone some is awesome. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking. I know what it's phrase a, you're thinking of, and I exceptional above 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 uh, average above average. average. It's yeah. above average. Yeah, above average. That's yeah, that's one of his. Uh, <laughs> we miss you, Paul. <laughs> yep, we miss your face. Soon to be back. Soon. Yeah, soon to be back. Soon. We're almost to Advent. I know, he'll right? Be, he'll he'll be around the time of back around the time of Advent, or are we not a hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real yeah. soon, real soon. Christmas time. Oh boy! The Christian New Year is right around the corner. Cool. So what is that? Is that what Advent is? The Christian New Year? Yeah the the season of the year ends with um, the Pentecost season, which goes half the year is Pentecost, mm-hmm. and the other half um, is Advent through Easter. And if you want to think about it, Advent through Easter is the season of Christ. And what we hear in worship traditionally is is the story of Jesus mm-hmm. from Advent through Easter. You have Advent, which leads up to Christmas, which is about the birth of Christ. Then you have Epiphany, which is discovering who Jesus is. And from Epiphany, you enter into um, the season of Lent. And after the season of Lent is um, Easter. Mm-hmm. With in all of it is is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the season of Christ, okay. Advent through Easter, and then Pentecost is the season of the church. And often, traditionally, what you would hear during the Pentecost season is um, discipleship, uh, the teachings of Jesus, um, how you as an individual grows in your in your faith, mm-hmm. what what it looks like to follow Jesus. That's what's usually taught. If you were to if you were to look at what is covered on like a Sunday, in the the liturgical calendar, mm-hmm. the season of Pentecost is really the teaching season. Okay. And the season of what um, color is that? Green. Green. Yep. So if, if Paul wore sweaters in the summertime, he'd have green. He'd have a green a green one on. And and uh, because it, it's so cold here, even <laughs> at the end of you know. Easter, yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know, Pentecost happens in May. Mm-hmm. That, that's still sweater weather. No, sweater weather. no. Once we get 
to when you come it out was when, last year if, if you come out of a hard winter once you get i mean if you get to 20 degrees that's t-shirt and shorts weather well i i would you're you're you got thicker blood than me yeah. I'd, I'd go above the freezing point so maybe above. 40 then yeah. bust out the bust out the shorts i'm with dj there yeah once it hits 40 i can start wearing flip-flops again hmm. then you see all the scandinavians with their pasty white legs and <laughs> <laughs> fish belly that's right it's oh, horrible put on about 15 pounds like oh, a bear man. who's been in uh in hibernation for the last six months and that oh man and that'll be coming off of uh, covid uh you're already uh, gained covid 19 oh, <laughs> <laughs> i gained your covid 15 during your covid 19 that's funny Oh boy. Gotta laugh at it. Gotta laugh yeah, at it. Yeah, what else can you do? Dastardly <laughs> Nothing plague. else is as fun. <laughs> That's good times. Good times. So, do you have any other questions in the hopper, or is that all you got? No, that's oh, all man. I got. And we, that was. We that need was some questions coming in. Yeah. I wonder if there was like a website or something you could go to to easily send in your questions. There that's is. a great idea. Yeah, there is, but I would screw it up if I said it, so you oh. probably should. Thatpodcast.net. Oh, yeah, that one. Yep, it's easy. Thatpodcast.net. How about atonement.live? Can you still submit them there? I think so. There's a there's a tab there that you can find your way over to our website. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you can also sign up for life groups, find out worship service times, yeah. see what's happening. All sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. Cool. What else do we have going on? Um... Thanksgiving worship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving worship. That's going to be on... Oh, I should find out the the exact date. Obviously, the night before Thanksgiving. Yes. We'll, we'll have, a, we'll have a, a... Yep, Thanksgiving Eve worship service where we'll have a couple people come on and, and talk about what they've been thankful for over the year. Yeah, but our Thanksgiving Eve service is all online this year. Right. Yes. 100% online. Yep. Isn't that such a church holiday? Thanksgiving Eve. Yes, totally. Nowhere else. <laughs> Not so, even like retail life. Like in retail, they don't want you coming in the day before Thanksgiving because that's like major prep time. But Exactly right. Yeah. Back in the good old days, that's when Survivor Series was. Yep. WWF would have their Survivor Series uh, pay-per-view on Thanksgiving Eve. See, this is the difference. You said Survivor Series, and I immediately thought I was like, "No survivors on like <laughs> spring to early summer," and then it goes into Big Brother. Like before, there was Survivor. There was Survivor Series. Yep. Yeah, that was great. They would they would take it would be a mishmash of all sorts of different. Like you could get uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. I'm I'm just pulling things now, but you could get like uh, Macho Man and. Uh, uh, the Tito ultimate. Santana. Tito Santana <laughs> and Demolition on a team fighting against uh, Hulk Hogan and, and the Bushwhackers and Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, yeah. yeah. And then it'd be elimination style. You didn't know you didn't know whose team you were on, friend or foe. The, the Survivor series. The the uh, I mean the the pure adrenaline that you would feel as a ten year old boy would be off the charts right. during Survivor series. Just edge of your seat stuff. So you go to you'd go to church, get the good news, and then go watch uh, grown men uh, <laughs> body slam each other, <laughs> yep. and then probably turn around after Thanksgiving dinner and do it to your sibling. Of course, 
You gotta yeah. well You gotta see if the moves actually work. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling's real, people are fake. <laughs> Why is that not their slogan? <laughs> should be that's should a good that. one so yeah uh you know i i started looking for the date and then i got sidetracked because i thought of wrestling and went downhill the from 20, there 20, 25th the 25th wednesday the 25th we're gonna have the, our thanksgiving eve service online uh some more de- details to come on that yeah and the cool thing about it with being online if if thanksgiving eve doesn't work for you you turn it on with your family mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day sure. at, at the, the time that works for you. Yep. You can find it on YouTube, Atonement Fargo. Mm-hmm. Search Atonement Fargo on, on the YouTube. Yeah. So, excellent. Other than that, we've got services at uh, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. You can get those on YouTube or at atonement.live or atonementfargo.org. And uh, what are we talking about this weekend? This weekend is uh, how can I resist evil? Mm. Evil. Evil. Every villain is lemons. <laughs> it's a SpongeBob reference. Ah <laughs> oh, man, you guys are probably right on the lake in between because SpongeBob was cool when I was a kid, so like my parents got it, but you guys were well quite there. Yet but we kids. have we have children. I've I've SpongeBob is probably one of the more tolerable. Shows that my kids like growing up that I could sit down and watch with them. Some of the stuff, I, I now get why my dad, when, when I would watch like Saturday morning cartoons, would just be like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, well, so one day, this was quite a while back, but one day I was getting ready for work. And, you know, you know how it goes. The kids are ready. Everything's ready to go. Oh, I got one more thing that I need to do quick before we, we leave, right? So they're sitting on the steps, all bundled up, ready to go. It's winter time, And all of a sudden, I'm in, in the bedroom getting whatever I needed to get. And I hear, we're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting. We're waiting. And when, when you're running behind anyway, I mean, that just will grind to no end. Your patience level just kind of uh, 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 shot down to nothing at that point. Huh? Yep, yep. It's it's when they're needling dad is when they're most unified. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. We're waiting. Just went. It went until. Yeah, it went oh. until they were told to cease and desist. <laughs> so, Very good stuff. All right. Well. That's uh, that's all we got. So pray us out of here, Ryan. Uh, it's my turn this week. Yep. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we're able to get together and and talk about different things, laugh a little bit, and answer some questions, and just dig into um, um, the things that that uh, we wonder about and uh, learn how you love us and and uh, we Lord, we thank you for uh, your word that we can. Dig into it and learn those things and and answer those questions for ourselves. And so, God, I pray for everyone listening. I pray that they would have a blessed week and that we would uh, be able to reach them and, and get them digging into their Bible a little bit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All thank right. You, Ryan. Th- yeah, thank you all for joining us this week. And again, we'll be back next week with another riveting episode of that podcast.